This is exactly right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Here it is, Scotty. Ooh. Are you ready? I am ready to laugh and laugh and <laughs> Fake lawyer who won all 26 cases without legal training arrested. <laughs> well, I'm guilty of being very curious. <laughs> we are live at the Bell House in Brooklyn for bananas. There you go. Welcome to Bananas! Live from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. Third show at the Bell House. We love the Bell House. We love Brooklyn. Oh my God, we love it so much. I, I was so worried that Scotty was going to throw a... Uh, was this a 22 ounce? No. Uh, a pint, a pint beer can into the, yeah. into the audience, but he didn't. He I know, was... I got that cannon. <laughs> I wasn't going to do this. I was going to come over. <laughs> But we we have the delightful, uh, for everyone listening at home, the best in the beersness so, yeah. uh, from Twin, Twin Elephant, Elephant Brewery. Oh, my God, the best. Thank you, guys. So That's so cool. Go to, to Jersey. That. Do a road trip. Get drunk. You know, I moved to Brooklyn in November when I moved here. Uh-huh. Oh, really? I left Brooklyn in November. Me too. Yeah. Look at that. Big month for us. Big month. Uh, like but when what? I moved here, I was 22, and I had $1,000. Mm-hmm. Oh, rent, that was a lot of money. But my rent was 665 Yeah, okay. So I had Why whatever that math is. Why not make it 666 Why not make it the devil's number? Or make it $500. <laughs> then I, I wouldn't have this story. So I was living in uh, on Ocean Parkway, 31 Ocean Parkway, which was great. For, uh, yeah. Who, did anybody live in uh, Windsor Terrace? Really? Well, Nobody did when I moved there. You and call that Windsor Terrace? Yeah. I would call Kensington. 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 Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. maybe. Church, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I had no money. And uh, yeah, somebody, it's like my landlord. He's like, you still owe me two months rent. 
And so I got on my bike, and I was like, uh-huh. you know what I'm going to do? I've heard of Coney Island. Yeah. I'm going to ride my bike to Coney Island. I loved riding my bike to Coney Island. Single speed BMX bike. Oh, that's a bad idea. Late November. Oh, that's a bad Solid idea. headwind. Any direction Late I turn. Late November. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, $10 in my pocket. <laughs> 35 minutes later, I'm halfway there. And... I get all the way down there, and uh-huh. the, I thought Coney Island, fun, <laughs> games. Uh, yeah. In November, dead. Just boardwalk <laughs> empty. The shoot the freak guys just smoking a cigarette. Nobody shooting the freak. That is my because I'm from a shore town, yeah. and I live I live there year round. And when I was from a shore town that was very much like Coney Island. Uh, it, it feels so good. I love I love Coney Island at night, like in the winter time when it's the saddest, and you see oh, every, it was sad. It's so fucked up and upsetting, but you see like this is supposed to be fun, That's and right. everything takes on this grotesque shadow That's self. That's right. I love that. Well, I walked into that shadow on a bicycle, <laughs> and also what you're 23 years 22 old, 22 years young. Uh, green banana and just having a ball. And so I get there and I look out at the beach. I've heard of Coney Island my whole life. Not just the hot dog eating contest, roller coasters. I don't know, old extravagance. Yeah. Instead, it's just, you know, a trash can every, every 20 yards in a grid for two miles in each direction. <laughs> so I'm like sad, instantly sad. It's Nobody's in, there. It's so sad. So then I ride my bike on the boardwalk. I'm like, well, this is sort of interesting, except I'm freezing. Yeah. And I see the pier. I'm like, you know what? This has an end. I'm going to ride to the end of that pier, and then I can be like, I've been to Coney Island. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I have had some nightmare experiences on that pier. Really? Yep. Me too. Yeah. Uh, that is not a fun place to... You think it's going to be nice because it's out in the water, and it's like, the people who are at the end of that pier, you don't want to hang out with them. Really? Yep. In November? Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yep. So I start riding my bike, and the wind is so strong, I'm just riding in place. It's like a cartoon where I'm like, oh, no. Oh, God, no. And so I get off, I start walking, and then I just see, like, one guy fishing, and then one guy over here by this trash can about three-quarters of the way out the pier, and I start walking out the pier. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to the end just to say I did a thing today so I don't fall into despair and desperation yeah. and depression. Yeah. And so I get out to where the closer of the two men are, and he is just masturbating next to a trash can. Yeah. Yep. So, like any cool, cool guy, yeah. <laughs> I join him. No, I, <laughs> I turn, I, I do this. I have my bike. It's a little BMX bike. And I go, oh, okay, I see what this is. But, you know, I grew up near Baltimore. So yeah. I'm like, I'm turning around. And as I do this, a brown paper bag hits me in the face. <laughs> So instantly hit in the face with a grocery bag. And I was like, this is New York. This is what I signed up for. I'm going to make it. And seven years later, by God, I made it. And that's why I love November in Brooklyn. I'm obsessed. Here it is. Fake lawyer who won all 26 cases. Yes, sir. Without leaning tr- legal training arrested. That's a lawyer. This was... This is... No shit. Yeah. He's good. He's fucking good. He's real good. Uh, this was sent in by QB. Ooh, thank you, uh, QB. Thank you, QB. Thank you, QB. If this you're was here. on uh, One News, New Zealand. Sounds real. I'm. We end up using a lot of <laughs> stories from New Zealand websites, and I don't know if it's that New Zealand doesn't have a lot going on. No. 
that they're just covering the weirdest news from other countries, or if they're just weirdos. Well, they're an island. They're two islands, so maybe they just, you know, try to entertain each other. Yeah. Like top bunk, bottom bunk. This one. <laughs> like classic top bunk, bottom bunk. I had an older bunk. sister. We made each other laugh all the That's time. That's how it is. Uh, so this is not written by anyone. Who is the? Brooklyn, fuck yes. (laughs) We don't need a writer. There it is. All right. Uh, Fake lawyer reportedly won all 26 of his cases without qualifications or legal training, has been arrested in Kenya. The BBC reported the man who practiced under the name Brian Mwenda is accused of stealing the identity of Brian Mwenda, a a registered lawyer in the African country. Despite allegedly conning Mwenda's uh, clients by representing them in court, the accused fake attorney had won all 26 of the cases he fronted. So it's not just that he won 26. He won every single case he What argued. is law school? I That's mean, this amazing. Is it. He's doing it. He has, now been, he has now been arrested by the Rapid Action Team oh, of the Nairobi on. branch of the Law Society of Kenya. <laughs> Lots of great words put together there. Yeah, that was cool. After the Brants received several complaints and stirred up public outrage, uh, the fake Mwendas allegedly accessed, accessed the Law Society's portal and meddled with the real lawyer's details. This guy's a genius. Yeah, he's awesome. And, I want this lawyer. Including uploading an image of himself and claiming to be trained in law. I mean, like, he should just get it. This is as hard as law school. He's in. He's in. Does he wear a wig? Uh, event. Yes, he does. <laughs> oh, he really does. Yes. Oh, he's a black. He's a black gentleman with a very white wig on. Yep. Because yep. they wear barrister wigs in Kenya. Unbelievable. I mean, he looks Once like a lawyer. Once you put the wig on, it's everybody's the same. The wig is the thing. They never teach you that in law school, but the and wig he's a is young man. He's a young man. He's good looking. Probably, he's a he's a good looking man. He's hot. He's a hot man. He's probably twenty five <laughs> years old. Beautiful beard yeah. and then a crazy, crazy wig. Hell yes, he is. This dude's cool. He's cool as shit. I'm hiring him. Uh, Sue everybody. On the fifth day of August 2022, Brian Mwenda was admitted to the bar and his correct email address was captured. An account opened for him in the advocates portal. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. This is just telling how he got caught. Um, but then. Though the accused imposter has received broad condemnation, some were impressed with the man's feet. Kenya's central organization of trade unions told the BBC he was a brilliant young mind who succeeded without traditional qualifications. I agree. I love it. The trade union was just like, uh, fucking law school's bullshit. And we know it is. (laughs) We know it is. The accused man has since posted a video defending his action and claiming innocence. I would like to convey my gratitude to the people that are supporting me and praying for me. In the fullness of time, I will be able to clear this misunderstanding. I love that it's a misunderstanding. (laughs) He's a good lawyer. He's a great lawyer. He's the best lawyer I've ever heard of. I will also be able to provide my innocence and provide the actual context. He was apparently released on cash bail, so he's out and about, hopefully practicing law right now. Yeah, give it up for Brian Wenda, the fake Brian Wenda. Did I ever talk about Don Dazzle? What? Did I ever talk about Don Dazzle? No. Do you guys remember Don Dazzle? Don Dazzle? I waited tables in Pensacola Beach at this place called Bushwhackers, and there was a guy named... The gift that never stops giving. Yeah, one summer, 9,000 stories. 
I was a 19-year-old. Was it, was it just 90 days that you worked there? It was uh, May to mid-August. That's amazing. And every day was... Every day was another story. You've told at least 80 stories from this It place. was like 80 episodes of Quantum Leap where every day I would show up and be like, who am I, who are you, and why are we here? But also one day they were like, we're not serving potato french fries anymore. <laughs> I said, what? what? They said, we got a better deal on corn french fries. No, no, no. And, I mean, this wasn't even Don Dazzle's story, but every day you'd walk in, they would just say a thing to you, and you go, okay, this is normal to you, and they're like, trust us, the customers are going to like them. I don't know if anybody's from the South, Alabama, Georgia, the truce, the deepest South, Mississippi. Yeah. yeah. You want French fries, and you want them with potato, and you yeah. want them with so much ketchup, you suffocate. Yeah. And so we were serving corn fries to people, and these, these people were picking them up like this. They were like, what is this? Or like, they're cornritos, or whatever they were called. That was one day, and then they're like, never mind, back to potato. <laughs> but there was a chef named Don Dazzle. <laughs> He was Latino. Imagine. Um, if there was a comedian, Don Dazzle, he would have a Netflix special before he ever went on stage. Yeah. I wouldn't be a writer if I had gone, you know what? I'm taking that name. Yep. And I just show up to an open mic and go, hey guys, I'm Don Dazzle. And they're like, yes, you yes, are. Yes, you are. You're on Fallon. Hell yes. But uh, he was the nicest guy. He mm -hmm. was a Latino man. He was Mexican American. And he, was, he would only say C, no matter what you said. You go, hey, Don, what's up? And he goes, C. And uh, he was a really sweet guy. And then one day, uh, I didn't tell this story. No, I don't know. I, I oh, remember the C thing. Holy smokes. Okay. So one day I'm setting up uh, in the morning. I'm like marrying ketchup, doing sugar caddies, raising all these things for this beachfront bar. And these three FBI guys come running in. No. And this manager, who I won't name his real name because this is a true story. Uh, how about we call him, um, give me a man's name, mid-40s. Um, Greg. Greg's fine. Okay. Greg's fine. I was going to say Colorado. They're Colorado? Yep. Colorado Greg is the daytime manager at this restaurant. And he's talking to these FBI guys. And it's just me. I'm the only server. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt and black shorts. And I'm like, what is going on here? Is it the corn fries? And, and he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then uh, Colorado Greg walks away. And then he comes out. He's like, Scotty, just stay outside. Stay outside. They're here for Don Dazzle. <gasps> what? And, and, and Colorado Greg went upstairs. And Don Dazzle was there. He was prepping. But... Colorado Greg was such a good guy and a solid bro. He's like, I don't know what you did, but I'm not going to tell them you're here. You have 15 minutes. Wow. And so Don Dazzle escaped. Yes. And Colorado Greg just played dumb the whole time. And he got away and he had uh, knocked up a waitress that I was working with uh, who, you know, called uh, um, Cindy. Yeah, yeah. Paula Pizzazz. And. Yeah. Um, and Paula Pizzazz and Don Dazzle escaped and are, as far as I know, still alive, still yes. on the lamb, still happy in another state. But awesome. yeah, so he got his name in Grand Central Station. He, had, he, he came to America uh -huh. uh, illegally and made it to New York and was sitting in Grand Central and a guy was filling out a credit card uh, form back in those days and that guy's name was Donald Dazzle. And so that's the name he picked what? and then moved to Florida where I met him. What? Don Dazzle. So that means there's a real Don Dazzle out there. Yes, in New York City. Who? He's here tonight. 
I bet you that's the Don Dazzle that's wanted by the FBI. <laughs> he just happened to choose the wrong guy's name. Don Dazzle. Because that guy obviously is using a fake name. He's a criminal. Or a magician. We'll never know. <laughs> or nice dancer. But yeah, so just imagine you're sitting there and you're like, I really need to steal an ID today. I'm going to sit here in the train station. Here's a guy filling out a form. Donald Dazzle. That's me. 27-year-old Mexican-American Donald Dazzle. Anyways, Don, if you're listening, thanks for the support. Uh, sorry, that was a total side tangent. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, not at all. I love it because we're going to be telling very similar stories. Well, not very similar. Oh. So uh, I talked a little bit about this on a previous episode, but I haven't gotten into like the real dirty details about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was about my, my very first agent uh, in New York City. Uh, a man walked up to me. I was doing shows at UCB uh, in 1999. Uh, and a man walked up to me after a show and he was like, I think you're very funny. And here's my card. I'm an agent. Um, he was not an agent. And yeah, that is not how it happened. He was, he was a man <laughs> who had made business cards that literally said Sandy agent and a phone number. And that's it. Sandy. Um, so he's like, come to my office, let's have a meeting. I'm very excited. I'm 22 years old. 20. Discovered. Yeah, and I'm just like, here it is. This is when I start my rise to the top. And his, uh, his office, he's like, come meet me. It was in One World Trade Center. So this was the, 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 the Twin Towers. Pre-9-11. Pre-9-11. Uh, take the elevator up. It's like, it, the, 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 the Twin Towers were crazy. Like, they were really scary inside. There was no windows, <laughs> like, from the majority of rooms. Yeah. Uh, and you get up, and everything's carpet. And so I walk, I go up, and I go to this, I, I, I open into this office. His uh, office was in the so Twin wait. Towers. So wait. Okay, Jesus. I, oh, my God. Right. Uh, so I walk in. And I'm like, well, this is legitimate. It's the Twin Towers. This is where business happens. <laughs> There's two of them for a reason. <laughs> One wasn't enough. I walk in, all shag carpeting everywhere. And I walk into a room that is, ve- like, it, the width of it is from here to the end of the stage. Okay. And the length of it is to tight. there. And this tight. is the waiting room. There's a series of, of chairs over here. And then there's, like, a almost like a doctor's room type yes. of situation here where people are sitting on the other side of a, of a thing. Okay. Uh, and all over the walls, every inch of the wall is covered with children's headshots. <laughs> so this was a children's casting agency. Nice. And I, come, bugs. and I come and I say, hi, I'm here for Sandy. <laughs> they go, who? <laughs> oh, no. And I go, Sandy. And, and, they, and they go, do you want to talk to Sandy? And <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, no, what? what? And then they just go, Sandy! <laughs> and then Sandy comes out. He's like, this is a client. This is a client of mine. This is a very important client. This is a very important client. They're like, okay. Sandy. Like, everybody fucking hates Sandy. <laughs> and it seemed like he was maybe the guy who just delivered the water or something. Like, no one cared about him. And he's like, uh, is it okay if I use the new office? And they're like, yes, yeah, Sandy, Go. Yeah, have fun. Everyone's screaming at each other. This is the saddest children's... I mean, all <laughs> children's acting is sad, but yeah. this is... None of it's a joy. This no. uses the base of it. And so then we go across the hall. We enter a, uh, an office that is 
empty. There's no thing in the office. Okay. Well, okay. good audition space. It's new. Yeah. It's new. Uh, free to play. So then we, and then it's shag carpeting, and then no windows, and then we, and he's like, shall we? And I was like, shall we what, Sandy? We shall. We shall. And then we sit down, crisscross applesauce on the floor. <laughs> And he's like, did you bring your resume? And I was like, uh, yeah. Yes, I, <laughs> I was did. like, this is the beginning of showbiz. Well, hello, Hollyweird. And then he sits down and he like looks at my, uh, and we like start talking. We have a full meeting on the floor in this empty office. The very first audition he sends me out on is a commercial audition for a roadie. It's like a roadie for a band for a commercial. He is auditioning against me. <laughs> cool guy. But Sandy has also dressed as a roadie with a belt that he has put duct tape rolls around. Like he has like roadie stuff, but it's just a series of different duct tape rolls. He's seen a band before. And he's got, <laughs> and he's got like the, the gloves that are just half cut off here with just the fingers sticking out. And a, ba a bandana, and I was just like, what is, I was like, is this, do agents normally audition against their clients? <laughs> so that was the first interaction with, I proceeded to work with Sandy for five years. Uh, yeah, he puts <laughs> yeah, his money where his mouth is. Yeah, that I guy did. gets in there. Yeah, I did. Did I book work with Sandy? Yes, I did. All right. All right. Uh, at one point, he's like, he's like, we got to have a meeting. And I was like, of course, Sandy, we have to have a meeting. That's what they do. And he's like, Katz's Deli. And I'm like, normal place for a meeting. <laughs> so we cool. meet at Katz's Deli. Yes. And he brings out, he's like, I made a career map for you. And I was like, well, that's cool. Okay. He puts this piece of paper down. It <laughs> is a quote unquote career map for another person. Okay. Who he has crossed off their name. And she, was, she wanted to be a soap star. Like, that was her plan. Yeah. Was to be a soap star. And so he's like, okay, so you don't want to be a soap star. You want to be on The Daily Show? Yeah. Uh, so we'll write Daily Show over this soap star shit. Okay. Well. And then just wrote over all of the things that she had written in. It was Susan Lucci. <laughs> uh, and, then a, uh, and then another comedian who, has a <laughs> who oh, also was represented by him. A comedian who is very famous right now. Mm. He has. Uh, he was also represented by Sandy. <laughs> this guy's and a recruiter. He gets out there. His first audition that they that Sandy sent him on was for a hand modeling commercial, which also I've never. No one's ever been set on a hand modeling commercial, and not told that it was a hand modeling commercial. But he has a genetic disorder where he has webbed hands, <laughs> so he got. <laughs> oh boy. So he got to it, found out that it was a hand modeling commercial, and then was furious because he has to then be like, I have to leave because I have webbed hands. Yeah, I'm part flying squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> and He's then like last head and shoulders, story. he could just swim, and they'd be like, yeah. yeah, and they'd be like, that guy's good. He's fast. And then last no story, last story about Sandy. Love Sandy. He would, he would, he would, once he was like, uh, hey, you got to, uh, 
you got to pick up sides from me for this commercial audition. Unbelievable. And I was like, I have to pick them up? You can't email them to me? Uh, and he was like, no. And I was like, okay. And so I come over to his house in the West Village. He oh, greets me at the door shirtless. And he's like, oh, I have him in. Come in, come in. So then I come into his house, and he's shirtless. And he's like, we got to run these together. And I was like, why do we have to run the commercial sides together? And then I was like, and then we're sitting there, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And I was just like, all right, Sandy, I'm not going to run them with you. And he goes, why not? And I go, because that's insane. Yeah. You're my agent. You're not seasoned. Gonna, you're, we're not going to run lines together. And then he was just like, you're making me very sad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. And then I was like, I don't think we're going to work together, Sandy. Put your shirt on, and Sandy. And then we worked together for two more years. That's fine. But did you book any work? No. That's right. God bless him. Yeah, God bless I him. I hope he's doing well. I think we should break protocol and bring our guest out yes, early. Yes, I okay. agree. So I don't know if y'all saw this, but our, we have a special guest today, which is a true treat for the Banana Boys. They are one of the most beloved guests we've ever had yes. on the Bananas podcast. They are the host of Under the Desk, which is a safe space on Instagram and TikTok for all your news. So let's give a huge Bananas welcome to our friend, V-Spear. Welcome, welcome Hello. to the show, V. Thank you. And I brought, I what? brought banana stickers. Wow. These guys are freaks for stickers. For the banana shirt, good news only day. Oh, no, that's good. Nice. So, there are treats. That right, is a great. treat. Also, y'all, you could take photos. We don't yell at people. Like, if Please. you get your phone yes. out, we're not like, fuck you, we hate you. You're fine. <laughs> Please immediately take photos. If you want to get up and go get drinks, you can do Please that. Please do that. We're cool right with that. Right over there. We're Tip well. <laughs> We'll pose. Hi. Hi, uh, welcome. Thank you. What's <laughs> yeah. going on, fella? Not we're, much. We're talking fake me. people. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, it happens. Don Dazzle and Sandy Gunner. Those yes. are good names, They're though. They're really great names. Did you make them up for the show? Or those no. Are actually, oh, those, those are real, are real, real names. Those are real, real names. names. Sandy might hear this, and I, if he does, I hope he feels okay about I it. I hope he does, too. Yeah, I love that too. journey for him. Yeah, yes, Sandy. Right? Yeah. It's exciting to be back in Brooklyn. I know. You live in Rochester I now, I do right? live in Rochester, but I used to live in Brooklyn. Rochester. Rochester, New York. Greatest city on earth. Yeah. Oh, right? Who are you pointing Maybe. at? Uh, are you pointing at a representative from she Rochester? She looked like she was from Rochester. Are you from Rochester? There's a look. That's yeah, look, right. Yes. I know every person here. I study your Instagram. <laughs> I know Scotty's all of you. Scotty's memory is terrifying. <laughs> We had one yesterday in Baltimore where yeah. we were walking in the street and there's a fan that it was coming up with her partner and I yelled her name out from a block away and she was like, what? Yeah. It's there's terrifying. There's no parasocial relationships here. We know you. Yeah. We follow you. Yeah. It just doesn't. We know your mom. <laughs> we know your secrets. Don't ever yeah, unfollow we, us. We'll find you. We flip it on its yeah. head. We stalk you. Yeah. Do, yeah. It's so, important. Since you've been doing... Um, you're, since you've been on TikTok, have you had people reach out to you to try to take what you are doing and make it their own? Always Do you men. have your sand... Uh, men, always. Yes. Yeah. 
It's always men, and they'll be like, hey, I love what you do. I'm going to do it too. Is that okay with you? <laughs> and I'm like, you should absolutely start a TikTok and talk about the things you care about. And they're like, no, like I'm going to put on a suit and I'm going to go under my desk. And I'll just, <laughs> I was thinking I would call it like under the desk sports. And I'm like, no, don't that's do that. Crazy. But it's always, yeah, it's always men. But, but that's okay. And then they try it, and then they're like, they this fail. is bad for my back, and I can't keep well, this up. Well, you did say, when you were on the podcast, you said, like, it is hard to get on the ground and read the news. It can be, yes, because <laughs> I have to, like, take a breath in between. People are like, you talk fast. I was like, literally, the diaphragm is constricted. Yeah. I have to be like, it's Monday night, and here's what happened. Trump's back in jail. Yeah, like, you know. But did you do it because the news is so depressing? Yes. Yeah, that's why we do bananas. Too. Yeah. It's so scary. It sucks. And I literally, people are like, how'd you come up? with this it's so smart I was like I was actually scared and I got under my desk <laughs> and then I was like maybe other people are under here at home and it uh, was like early <laughs> pandemic so I was like desperately looking into the camera in like bad lighting and like are you there too are you scared too and they were and so now we're just scared together yeah. which is always better Woo! Woo! my first job in Los Angeles I worked for this show that Whitney Cummings was the host it was called love you mean it and mm -hmm. it was, I was so excited to get on the show. And it was on E! Entertainment Network. You guys know, you watch it mm -hmm. all day, 24-7. It's like, that, that E! should be called Red Carpet, and we would all watch it every yeah. time there was an award yeah. show. When it's just yes. called E! It's like, eh. Yeah. You and know? now that the Kardashians are gone, they're like, we don't even know what we Andy are. Joan Rivers Cohen. is dead. The Kardashians are gone. Just call it Red Carpet. And then every time there's an award show, you turn on Red Carpet, right? right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I should be mm -hmm. so much more wealthy than I am. Yep. So, but during the, so when you start a new show, I was one of the first hires. Actually, Karen Kilgariff was the head writer. That's mm -hmm. where, <laughs> that's where Karen and I became good buddies. I remember going to that writer's room for some reason. It was a good room. Yeah, we just like visiting and saying hi to everybody. That's right. Yeah. So the executives at E! Uh, all were like, <laughs> I will say they were all women, but the only reason I say that at, up top is because they said, we need to see your legs. And Whitney to Whitney. Like, to Whitney. And she was like, oh, I thought they meant no. to you. I was like, you do have beautiful yeah. legs. Have you seen these gams? Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's thank almost, you, thank you, He's thank got you. the legs of a young Ann Miller. Thank he's got you. The, he's got the shortest shorts of anyone I know. That's true. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> did you just hide your legs? Yep. Uh, yes, I hid them so much. <laughs> They're for me. And I'll leave it. So, Don't objectify him. So there are these five executives at E who I'm sure are all either fired or running E, and they were like, we have to see your legs. Like Mary Hart on Entertainment Tonight, because Whitney's very tall, and she's very beautiful, but they were like, the audience wants to see your legs. Mm -hmm. Under the desk is what I'm saying. Oh, under the... Oh. So they wanted a either glass table, That's like crazy. shiny glass table, or just an open table so you could see her in her like Air Jordans, but with her legs. And Whitney, to she her She always credit. wore jeans, though, too, right? She did so on the like, show. She wore jeans yeah. and high tops a lot, which was very so good. Yeah, okay. She said no. Whitney was like, fuck that. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, to the point where they were like, you have to do it. And so we were like, no. And then our good friend, Rob, who was the showrunner on the show, was like, will you, well, Karen and Scotty, will you come with us to this meeting with the execs and explain why? The whole point of the show is supposed to be like, 
fun and cool and now and not just objectifying Whitney. Yeah. And we we're like, we'd love to come. So the four of us are on one side, all the execs are on the other side, and everybody's like, listen, she doesn't want to do it. And they're like, well, what kind of desk do you want if we can't see your legs? <laughs> <laughs> all other desks. Every desk. Any every other desk kind. at Ikea. Every desk. Yeah, at, yeah everywhere. <laughs> so she's like, I want a wood desk, a table where I can have a panel. And we're like, yes, yes. like Chelsea Lately. Yeah. The show that Kurt was always on and Chelsea flirted with Kurt all the time. For some well, reason. but she never pr- pronounced my name correctly. That's so correct. She's calling me Kurt Brown Holer every single time. Every and single she time. She thought it was very funny. She loved you though. So we're in the. It's pretty heated, and it got to the point where Whitney's like, "I'm not doing it. I'm not showing you my legs." And Rob's like, "She doesn't want to do it. We're not doing it." Karen's like, "Yes." This is weird. It's a comedy show. It's not that kind of show. It's not yeah. just pop culture. Sexy is not funny. And then everybody kind of calms down, and I'm the youngest, dumbest person in the room, per usual. And I just go, well, why don't we just put two cameras under the table to film her legs? <laughs> As a joke. And the executives are like, that's really funny. No. And Whitney's no. like, don't you say that. <laughs> no. So we ended up doing one episode where we had under the desk cam where our good friend Ed, Ed Hansen, who is her assistant, is under there. And we cut to it before commercial break. And Ed is just handing her bottles of water. And it's just <laughs> Whitney's legs. And E was like, that's what we're talking. Those are yes. smart solutions. Yes, absolutely. So I know a little bit about Nobody under the desk. Nobody wants to see my legs. In fact, walking out here is uncomfortable because people try to, they'll say things to me. They're like, I've watched you for three years, like, under the desk, and you're laying down, and then they'll, like, comment on your body. They're like, you're a lot taller than I thought, or you're shorter than yeah. I thought, or like, why, why do you have legs? And I'm like, no, don't perceive me. <laughs> don't, like, think don't of me even right now. I'm like, this is great. Just from here up, like, high school photo amount of me is enough. I think it's good, yeah. Yeah. It's why like, do you have legs? Why do you have legs? We love the news thing you do, but and the whole tall- what are you? Is it intimidating or not? I'm like, I don't know. That is, that is interesting. That, I think, is everyone has that, and it's in their back of their mind. And when people start stand-up, you can very much notice yes. it. Because they, hold, they keep the mic stand in front of them. Correct. Because they think it blocks the audience yeah. from seeing Kurt, their body. Yeah. I put on this little number <laughs> because... <laughs> Uh, because I thought it blocked my body to wear coveralls. Yeah, but that's a lot. I bit. bought these for the show. <laughs> I yep. was like... A mic stand just happens to be much thinner. Yeah, they don't need uh, to know where my belly button is or anything. Like it just, or a that's belt. a fun game to play. No. Yeah. You all want a story? I can give us a I, news yeah. story. Our podcast is about news stories. Uh, Gus G sent this in. Gus G from just outside of Denver, Colorado. Oh, hell yeah, Gus. I Always love that name. follows up with... Are you going to do this on the podcast? (laughs) And I think this is his third story in 260 episodes. So Gus, knocking it out of the park. I do. I do want to just because you said Gus, I'm thinking of my children. I just I have a new jacket. You'll see me wear it later, maybe. And uh, and it's not like it's you know it's so it's a swing for me. And uh, and I was putting it on. It's from Costco. It was twenty nine dollars. And. I put it on. This is my favorite news story. I put it on for the first time, and I was going to walk the dog, and I go, Olive, Olive's six. And I was like, Olive, you like my new jacket? She goes, yeah, but it doesn't feel like you. (laughs) Kids are brutal, Kurt. Brutal. But Olive could explain it. That's why Olive is so brutal, because she would be like, in 1912, they invented... (laughs) 
the button-down cardigan. And you're like, oh, good. Okay. Uh, Gus J sent this in. This is in the Insider, written by Joshua Zitzer, who some people say is the yeah, Brooklyn. And we do too. New Zealand town has been plagued by drivers blasting Celine Dion ballads at 2 a.m. for over one year. Wow. 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 Lucky town. I love this story. Yeah, this is a true banana story. It's very specific. Greatest singer in the world. She is, though. Did she I, is. Did I ever tell, talk, uh, like, when I, I was trying to remember Celine Dion's name once and I called her Renee Claudet? <laughs> it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. And Lauren was like, what's wrong with you? Renee Claudet. <laughs> it's all coming back to me now. The residents of a small city in New Zealand, thank you for teeing me up, Curdy B have been enduring sleepless nights for months, almost a year, due to drivers blasting Celine Dion. (laughs) Songs from their cars at the early hours of the morning. I mean, doesn't this make you want to go to heal it? This is awesome. Uh, According to Jean-Say Francais Press... uh, Jean-Say Francais... That it's, sounds so made up. It's amazing. I know. I think it's probably like agence, agence. Let's go with that. Brosson, agence, France, France, Pris. Drivers in Porirau. Porirau. Let's go with Porirau. What do you think that is? Yeah, Porirau. 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 Say it weird or ways. Here hate mail. P.O. Box 39348, Los Angeles 90039. A town of 60,000 people north of Wellington. <laughs> Nailed that one. <laughs> have been loudly playing. I like that we've <laughs> just gotten to the details. <laughs> we've been going through so many crazy words, and we haven't gotten to the ideas yet. Okay. That's what Josh Zitzer gets you. <laughs> uh, have been playing the, loud, uh, playing the singer's loud tunes as late as 2 a.m. They've been cranking up the volume on the Canadian songstress's most famous ballads, including My Heart Will Go On. It's all coming back to me now. And the nocturnal concerts tend to begin as early as 7 p.m. and continue for many hours thereafter. Wow. Here's the greatest name of the mayor of this town. Anita Baker. Yes. Oh! A great singer. Anita Baker, the mayor oh, of... Oh, I confused that with Anita Bryant for a second. I was like, that's a hate crime. That no. is. Keep your beauty <laughs> Different yourself. Anita. Different Anita. Uh, so yeah, that's according to Anita Baker, the mayor of the town that's just north of Wellington. Uh, in part of the... These are called siren battles. Wait. Trend has been going on strong in New Zealand for several years, which appears to be particularly popular with indigenous people from the Pacific Islands. Really? This is incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's so good. It's so good. I already told the story that when I was in Mexico, going to the hotel, they played Michael Bolton's greatest hits, and then leaving the hotel, a different cab driver, Michael Bolton's greatest hits. So <laughs> I know what it's like to suffer. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, these battles involve rival crews competing to blast the most powerful and clear sounds from loudspeakers attached to their cars what? or bicycles Whoa. to win the title of Siren King. Siren King. It's, so the sirens are like sirens we'll who are singers. What's your name? Oh, hi. So, Allie. Allie, Allie, what's up? Thank you, Allie. And Waters? Go high. When others go... Oh, my. I'm not that kind of lesbian. The people... I can't catch. 
Yeah. <laughs> Way up. This is entertainment. Oh, my God. Scotty. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. That's the trouble Very with being a lesbian. Sometimes they think that you're like a sports lesbian. I'm like, no, girl. <laughs> no. I know. Did I'm like a assumption. truly no-balls lesbian. <laughs> I can't. Holy smokes. <laughs> so, yeah, they compete on cars and bikes. Loudspeakers attached to play the most powerful and clear sounds to become Siren King. I mean, uh, this is fun. Does anybody here this. live in Park Slope? A few, right? How many people? Has anybody lived in Park Slope for like 20 years? Isn't there a guy that walks up and down the 5th and 7th and sometimes just sings really high pitch? Kurt, do you know what I'm talking about? No. There and was I lived this here dude for a that was sort time. of famous, and you would hear him, and he would just walk down the middle of the road at like 1 or 2 a.m. and just sing these high-pitched chirps. No. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> Baker told AFP that the competing vehicles blast music with their engines running. They love Celine Dion because they like, quote, anyone with a high pitch and great tone in their voice. Yeah. I love these people. The blasting of Dion's music began around November of last year, one year ago, according to Baker, who told AFP that it coincided with the Samoa making, oh, Samoa making the finals of the Rugby League World Cup. You guys yes. made the connection in your head. Yeah, so these yeah. are these are indigenous gangs playing Celine Dion as part of. We got to do land back, guys. We yes. got to do land back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have got to do land back. <laughs> yes, yes. This is the way we need to be taking the streets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> land back. So it happens every night, seven days a week, and it's primarily happening in the city center. But the noise reverberates into the suburbs, leaving frustrated residents sleep deprived. I love it. I mean, this is incredible. People are just getting mad. People are just not getting any sleep because it's all hours, Baker said. It's really loud music. They only play a quarter of the song. So, so it's like having a turntable on That's and it problem. comes screeching out. <laughs> uh, residents have launched a petition calling on the... Poriru, I think it's Poriru, uh, city council north of Wellington uh, for excessively loud music and sirens, blah, blah, blah. There have been over 300 signatures. Ooh. <laughs> Remember when those signatures come over email and you'd be like, I have to sign this. Uh, move on. You'd be like, this is it. This is how we make a difference. And then 900 later, they're like, bring Nerf back to Toys R Us. And you're like, all right, I'll sign it. <laughs> you got me. Um, one signatory, Stephen Lewis, wrote, Sleep is a basic human right. If council members don't get it, they should be shown the door. <laughs> oh, ooh, the verve. <laughs> the mayor, who did not respond to insiders' requests for comment, seems like they did, I quoted her a lot, <laughs> told AFP she would meet with police to find a resolution. We know the siren battles are occurring with frustrating... Oh, and we absolutely sympathize with residents' concerns. We are attempting to find solutions, blah, blah, blah. But there are too many siren enthusiasts. They're trying to find a less disruptive time and place to blast their music. That will never work. Uh. No. The whole point is you're annoying people with Celine Dion, but it is beautiful. I it's love it. It's gorgeous. so much. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's unpatriotic to not like Celine Dion in Australia, even though she's Canadian. It feels wrong Common, to me. Commonwealth. Commonwealth. It's, yeah. yeah. It's sexist, they really. All, they all think it's, it's all the same. It's Commonwealth for them. 
Uh, we're oh, just we're minimizing them. I think they know what's up. Also, you want to hate Celine, Celine Dion. You want to hate her. She's on VH1 20 years ago all the time. But then you listen to her sing, and you're like, They're real. she is the greatest we ever had. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. the influencer in me sees this as an opportunity. Like, yeah. loop, loop earphones or something need to get in there and be like, we can help you with this problem. <laughs> yeah. We have a sponsorship collab <laughs> with the tribes to, like, make this a better thing for everybody. Also, Celine, get in the back of Tacoma. Go on, to North Celine. Island. Drive around Celine. That would be amazing. Or, like, do a poll. Like, would you rather hear Beyonce? Would you rather hear, like, a little Broadway there. Suggestions. If Celine came and was like, I'm going to win Siren King of all time. No one can do this anymore. Put it to bed. And then she just sits in a, a flatbed truck with a thousand speakers and great. sings one concert. And then she says, now Siren King is over. Right. Then everyone will be like, Siren King is over. That song, that's the way it is. I have been driving. Sometimes that comes on, you don't hear it, then you get to it, and you're like, she's getting the chorus, and you're like, fuck, I'm in. And you're like, here we go. Um, Who's your biggest pop star of the moment? Who you obsessed? You a Tay-Tay? Well, of course. You're a Swifty. Of course a Swifty, yes. Have to be. Have to be. But I got to tell you, because I drove down here, because I would never miss a chance to hang with the bananas. Thank you. Never, never, never. versa. They were like, can you be there? I was like, I'm in the car. Um, you, yes, you were. Thank you. I downloaded the Britney Spears memoir. Ooh, anybody? Now, <laughs> Britney Spears, for me, growing up, was like my ideal. And I like got away with having a lot of nudie pictures around like my room. Because I was like, no, Mom, I just want to be like her. And that worked <laughs> for years. <laughs> For years, I was like, no, mom, I'm just going to be a pop star. No. Um, Anyway, so I'm very deeply connected to her. (laughs) I feel everything about her. And this memoir is incredible. Does she read it with knives? No, 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 sir. That she surely does not. Insane. Michelle Williams reads it, which is also very healing for me because I didn't really like her on Dawson's Creek, but I do like her reading the memoir. So I feel like we've come full, full circle. circle. Yeah. yeah. Jen annoyed me on Dawson's Creek. So anyway, she's so good. I'm glad she's, she's back good. now. But the memoir is so good because I have waited my whole life for Justin Timberlake to be this embarrassed. I yeah. just like, <laughs> I yeah. gotta tell you. He's yes. like, he's been like the perfect king, he's you know? He's been the king yeah. of everything, you know? And like, you were talking about your waiter stories. I was a waiter in New York City, yeah. and I had to wait on Justin, and he's very what? rude to the waiter. <gasps> really? Uh, no. Inside Boo. tea. He was trying to like, impress Jennifer Aniston at the time. I was like, waitering this like, Saturday Night Live after party, and like, just trying to like, hold my face together, and yeah. he was like, super rude to everybody. He was rude? And I was like, ew. And then he walked away, and Jennifer Aniston turns to Beyonce, and she's like, why? Why is he like that? Oh, no. And I was like, Time out. Beyonce is just mentioned at the end of this story? Also, Beyonce was there? Beyonce was also there. Adele was there. It was outrageous. It was outrageous. Where were you? The Applebee's at J Street Burrow Hall? It was the Saturday Night Live after party. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was the Saturday Night Live after party. So it was a whole thing. Those Those often were held in terrible places, though. Yes, but the worst restaurants. Joe's Caminos? Yes. Yeah. This was at Wildwood Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Dos oh, Caminos God. was a big one. And then Beyonce was like, I don't let my man act like that. And I'm going to tell you, Jennifer, if you're going to be dating John Mayer, then you better not let him act like Justin. And I was like, 
this is amazing. I mean, we and then I got Beyonce. fired from that job because I was just like, <laughs> literally at the table, like, yeah, girl. Yes. Like, I will get fired. But he's like a hick from Tennessee. What the fuck oh is he doing? Oh my god. So I'm so listening to this memoir. If you haven't listened to it, you have to. The things that she says about him so casually are things that like I had to like pull over really? some of the time. Yes, because she's like talking about this really traumatic experience that she's going through and she's like in pain on the bathroom floor and no one's there for her. And then she's like, and then he comes in, I guess he thought it would help to start strumming his guitar while she's having this like horrible. <laughs> she's That's- like, the worst idea she in the just, best of times. She's like, he wasn't that great a kisser. I, I was living, living, <laughs> living for it. Because like, as somebody who really wanted to be Britney Spears' boyfriend, sure. to see her turn on JT, I was like, this is redemption for me. Oh, this is where yeah. I, where I know That's I would have never good. treated Britney like that. <laughs> never, never. Yeah, he's gotten exposed. But it's a great memoir if you haven't listened. No, right. I will. Oh, I'm Michelle so Williams, proud of her. I would assume Britney, I mean, she's, she's going through her own journey right now to write a book. That's surprising. Um, there was one. There to was... read her own book. Double surprising. Yes, yes. Did anybody track this? Someone sent it to me recently on her either TikTok or Instagram where she just dances to music. Yes. She was dancing. It was in October. A Christmas tree was up and there was no music. (laughs) To you. No. (laughs) Kurt. (laughs) To her, she was rocking around that Christmas tree. But it was just, you could just hear, like, her body moving. Oh, the best. And, like, some noise in the background, like, It was her against the music. (laughs) You didn't know. That's so funny. It was her against the music. I'll tease us into a break. I love teasing. All right, here it is. Around 10% of the internet is encrypted via lava lamps. Really? Yeah. All right, we'll blow it all up on the back half of this very special intimate episode of Bananas! We are back in Brooklyn at the Bell House for a live banana! With our very, very special guest, V. Spear, who loves Britney Spears, who hates Justin Timberlake. Should we skip, should we skip shout-outs and get right into it? We don't have any it? shout-outs, but right, we do great. need our confessions we box. We do need our confessions somebody box. somebody go get it for one beer? Yeah, What yeah. delicious best in the business. Yeah, girl. <laughs> That is the funniest way to run to get the box. This is a good run. We are going to do Longest Banana right now. Yeah. Uh, Who who came came the furthest? Just to see this show. What? Really? Bushwick. Bushwick. That's out there. We know where that is. Boston's good? For the show? Houston. Boston. We got Boston. No, but we got Houston. Houston for the show? Houston's going to be tough to beat. For the show? All right. Houston. We don't worry. We got three. We got three of them. Uh, Houston. Can Thank anybody you. be Houston? Wake up. 
Waco? Waco for the show? Waco for the show? <laughs> All right, Waco, Houston. Can anybody be Boston? All right, Waco, Houston, and Boston. Get up here! Longest bananas. What's your name? Abby, give it up for Abby. What's your name? Melody. Melody, give it up for Melody. What's your name? Olivia. Olivia, give it up for Olivia. Oh my. All right. Now we're going to get into confessions, folks. Oh my gosh. This is like my dream. I love other people's gossip. Oh. And Just people like are, people are giving. It's when a very intimate episode. I'm when, saying it again. When very I was a intimate. kid, my mom used to listen to the police scanner and have uh-huh. all her girlfriends over and just like yeah. talk shit about the people in our oh, town. That's great. This feels like that. Is that true? Oh, yeah. She'd have the police scanner. All her friends would sit around. I'd like play sick so I could stay home and listen to the girls talk. And um, she would just like hear about people in our town that were having problems That's with the police. And then my dad would come home and she'd like replay it all for him. And that feels like this. And I'm excited. There's a great book. Carl, you here? Hey, buddy. There's a great book my friend Carl Bennett recommended called Checked Out OK, which is a real police scanner in Amherst, Massachusetts. It's a whole book. You can buy it online. And it's just like man reported guy with knife turned out to be raccoon. Checked out OK. If you need like a toilet uh, table, coffee table book, like bag, you know, gift, checked out. Okay, is this amazing book of real police scanner stuff? Speaking of, here's here's our first uh, dig <laughs> our in, first dig confession. Down. I've dropped over a hundred million dollars of art on the floor. <laughs> is that you? And I know who that's from, and that is true. <laughs> See, this is nice. This yeah. is, I have a crush on Kurt and Scotty. Yeah. That's nice. We're a team. Uh, one time I got drunk at my place of work and smashed a mirror. The next day when they questioned the staff, I stood up and shouted, Come on, guys, fess up. Who did this? <laughs> absolved. You're absolved. That's that is funny. so funny. This one says, My sexual awakening was the orgy scene in Zoolander. Oh, so you're either a little younger or it took you a minute. Uh, my, I'll tell you my sexual awakening. Yeah, it was... Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Britney Spears. So weird. <laughs> it wasn't so weird. Britney Spears. Okay. No, it was um, uh, on Golden Pond. <laughs> There's one scene where like the young people talk about sucking face, and I was like, really? Yeah. Just, they just sucking. They face? just talk about it. It's just verbal. Uh, there's no. There's no gross. There's nothing. This feels universal. I blocked my entire family on Find My Friends today. (laughs) Good. They don't need to know. Well, let them know you're here, but other than that, for Chanum. This one feels kind of gross, but it says, at summer camp in middle school, one of the boys' cabins got in trouble for taking turns farting into a straw that was in a sleeping cabin mate's mouth. Whoa. That's the boy. Was the straw up the butt? (laughs) What? How would you even do such a thing? Put a straw up a butt? You're going to see that at Folsom this Easy. year. Easy. Easy. Tailpiping it. They're tailpiping it. Tailpiping it. <laughs> you ever the seen? weirdest sex Wait, ones. Have you ever seen? <laughs> oh, they're all. That was yeah. the craziest yeah. scene. 
That was the craziest scene in The Departed. There is a scene in The Departed where Jack Nicholson has a straw in a woman's butthole and he's pouring cocaine into her butthole and he just goes, you tell me when you've had enough, when you can't feel nothing. And it's just like, what the fuck? Who, that means that that's something that... Uh, what's his face actually did what the director Scorsese Scorsese, Scorsese did that so there are you are you know. kidding Kurt every movie he's made in the last 35 years were just like god damn I miss cocaine yeah every movie's like god coke was cool wasn't it and you're coke like coke was uh, cool I guess it was coke was cool it's too bad R.I.P. can't do it anymore coke. can't do it anymore fentanyl can't fucked do it, it up fentanyl. It don't do drugs don't do drugs you anymore my trips. dad was a minister I spent my younger years going to church and hardly remember a thing. Good. Good. That's good. This is beautiful, and I understand it completely. I told my husband I need to go to New York City to see my son in school, but really, I came to see Kurt and Scotty. I get it. I get it. I'm sure you're seeing your son, too. Thank you, Mommy. We have a polluter. I used to cut up glow sticks and pour them into the river. Oops. I wonder. That probably fucking looked awesome. Uh, Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a weird one. I don't even know how to read this. You're asking my it dyslexic says, ass. Spending with Spend- my ex was surprisingly pleasant, right? Yes. That's what it says, right? Yeah. Spending with my ex was surprisingly pleasant. Congratulations. Spending the night, probably. Oh, yeah. They were just so pleasanted. They were like, get it out. You're absolved. <laughs> You're so absolved. this one, uh, another throwback to when you could do drugs. You yeah. can't do them anymore. But this one says, I smoked crack in 2005 and I loved it. Yeah, loved it. I hear it's Crack good. is whack. I hear once you do it. Crack is whack. You keep doing I did, it. I did crack once by accident. Um, <laughs> you accidentally do crack. Yeah, I lived in Baltimore. That's how. Uh, um, I see. I yes. lived in Baltimore. It was the 90s. I was 19 and I bought what I thought was coke and it was crack and then we snorted it. So we snorted crack and it doesn't really work. Uh, there it is. That's my story. <laughs> but it burns and it smells a lot like gasoline. Uh, I feel kind of cool like sitting next to you. Like you're a little bit bad now. Like uh, you smoke crack. <laughs> yeah, like Kurt, I'm going to tell people my friends smoke crack. Kurt's like you know? James Taylor. When yeah. you see James Taylor you're like oh the guy that sings Carolina I love him. <laughs> And they're like addicted to heroin for 12 years, <laughs> fuck 500 people. Yeah. And they're like, but he also sings Fire and Rain. <laughs> <laughs> this one just says, I have six toes, and I feel like you should have to show us that. I don't oh, know. On that's exciting. Show the toe. On one show foot or total? Toe. Three and three? Like three and three? It's okay if you don't want to show us, but if you have six on one foot and five on the other, we need to know. I'll give you one big reason why you should show us. You're absolved. Oh, this is great. I love this so much. And you should do this still. In college, I carried around super glue and a bag of googly eyes, and I would put them on ads in the subway and on the street in Manhattan. I love that so much. Oh, this is dark. I have a dark one. This feels like the start of a Twilight Zone epi. Uh, You know, that show from 9,000 years ago. When I was five or six years old, my friend Mary showed me a beautiful opal ring in her mother's jewelry box and told me that one day it would be passed along to her. Later, when she wasn't looking, I took the ring. (laughs) 
she moved away and we lost touch. I felt horrible after several decades. I still have the ring, but never wear it. Okay, there's a solution to this, right? Yeah. Banana's advice. Yeah. Find the person in the audience with six toes. <laughs> you got a special ring for that magic toe. <laughs> Let them know how special they are. You're absolved. That's fine. Also, mail it to them anonymously. It would really probably make them so happy. I'm sort of hopeful that this next person uh, ended up a Marine. We'll, we'll find out. So okay. in, in second grade, my teacher gave the entire class Tootsie Rolls. She told us not to eat them, but I immediately ate mine. She saw me chewing it and called me out. She then asked what I was eating, and I told her, a crayon. For, <laughs> for, <laughs> Smart. For some reason, I thought it would be less embarrassing to say that I ate a crayon. <laughs> I was wrong. I'm now a Marine. <laughs> That's cool. That's also yes. pretty B. One more, and then yeah, we'll get back into it. Yeah, here it is to end it. it off. I use my roommate's towel to wipe off my vibrator. Boom! <laughs> you are absolved, and that is confessions, yes, everybody! Yes, confessions. Yeah, yeah there you go. Him going. Um, get him going. Get him going. Oh, man, like that? that's so upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who likes to party? <laughs> I don't know why I think it's so funny. Oh, no, we're doing it on purpose. Allie. We're doing it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're doing it You guys like fun? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it is. Around 10% of the internet is encrypted via lava lamps. Yeah, okay. I don't even understand it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, this was, uh, I think... I don't know. I might have found... I don't know. This is on IFL Science. Um, I fucking love science. Uh, written by James Felton, who is said to be the... Best Thank Woo! you. <laughs> it's very tragic. Yeah, it works every time. Oh, so good. Uh, we don't want to sound completely unhinged, like someone yelling, sharks have been around the galaxy twice, they have, or McFlurries look the way they do because of hedgehogs, they do. Uh, and I looked that up, I looked both of those things up, and it's very exciting. Cool! Uh, but around 10% of the internet is encrypted via lava lamps. Uh, so McFlurry, the, I'll tell you about the McFlurries thing. Uh, You're damn just, right. They look the way they do because of hedgehogs, because for some reason, a uh, hedgehog society in Britain, uh, hedgehogs were putting their heads into the hole on the... Uh, <laughs> apparently in England, people are eating McFlurries like crazy. <laughs> I've never seen a McFlurry live because the machine's always broken Yeah, here. true. Yeah, say. Exactly. And so they reduced the size of the hole on the McFlurry because of hedgehog, the Hedgehog Society of the UK. It's an amazing story. I guess I should have done it. Uh, anyway. But yeah, 10% of the internet's encrypted via lava lamps. Encryption in its most basic form. Oh, and the other one, I'll just tell you. I'm so sorry. I'm so excited. Never uh, apologize. Sharks have been around the galaxy twice. They've just been around so long that the Earth has actually gone all the way around Pretty the galaxy cool. twice. Pretty cool for sharks. Uh, encryption in its most basic form is scrambling data. 
so that only the sender and recipient with the encryption keys can read it. We know. Though, yep. now associated with computing, encryption has been around for centuries. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> encryption varies in complexity by using simple substitution ciphers, uh, e.g. A equals B, B equals C, and so on. You're taking plain text and converting it into encrypted cipher text. Okay. Whilst, which someone else can convert back to readable text if they have uh, the key. Okay. okay. Meanwhile, in computer encryption, 56-bit encryption keys with 72 quadrillion possibilities proved themselves to be too easy to crack when they were solved by security experts on refurbished computer equipment within 56 hours yeah, by brute get force. In there. This is so much. Thank you. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, There's where... so much more shit about encryption and what it is. I think we all know. It's yeah. scrambling stuff up. Scrambling. And then you tell somebody else, this is how you unscramble it, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what I do. So here is the quote from the person. Yeah, to man. produce the unpredictable, chaotic data necessary for strong encryption, a computer must have a source of random data. Oh. And this is true. Computers are very, very bad at actually picking random numbers. Uh, and that is why if you, like, if you ever had back in the 90s, none of you did, but uh, like a, like a five-disc CD player that sure. was supposed to be put on random. Of course we did. And it would just play like the same song like eight times in a row. It's because it's just really bad at doing random things. Um, because, okay, I won't say why. Uh, it's really dorky. Um, to produce the unpredictable category, the real world turns out to be a great source for randomness because events in the physical world are unpredictable. Yeah. Cloudfare, which encrypts up to 10% of the internet uh. using the lava lamp method, explains on their website. As one might expect, lava lamps are consistently random. The lava and lava lamp never takes the same shape twice, and as a result, observing a group of lava lamps mm. is a great source of random data. So at Cloudfare, there is a wall of 100 lava lamps no way. Which are running and doing their gloopy thing. At intervals, it a camera gloopy. pointed at the lamps takes a photo. The random colors of the pixels are then used to create an encryption key. All digital images are really stored by computers as a series of yeah. numbers, with each pixel having its own numerical value. That's crazy. And so each image becomes a string of totally random numbers that the Cloudfare servers can then use as a starting point for creating secure encryption keys. The unpredictable nature of this key with no obvious patterns to the long number string that can be discerned and used to crack the code makes it very effective as an encryption method whilst also giving your data a nice retro 70s vibe right. as a side product. I'm done with that thing. Yeah. Right. But I get what you're saying, but that's crazy. Also, is there that any... That was two that's crazies in Brooklyn. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> show, us the, show us them lamps. Um... Can it do anything about my comments section? Never owned one. Never know. owned one. Who had a lava lamp in college? <laughs> Who filled an empty alcohol bottle with black light fluid so you could turn a black light on in college? I had, I had it in high school. High school. Jesus Christ. Listen to this guy. 
This is guy. That's so they basically just study lava lamps being random yeah. to encrypt shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of um, old old timey things. Okay. Uh, Natural transition. I was in. I remember this is probably the first time I visited New York City. Cool. Uh, I was staying with John Daly and Brett Gelman. Get they some. had they had an apartment in Greenpoint, and at and at the time. Uh, this was 1998, and at the time, it was like, ugh, it was such a far walk from the L, and uh, it was like a 20-minute walk from yeah, the L. Yeah, that's deep, yeah. And, and, it was, and, and once you got there at that point, it was all Polish, and it was, there was nothing. You couldn't get a bagel. Like, it was just like, just like whatever, Bleskas or whatever. Uh, Bleskas. And so... Mostly Bleskas. Bleskas. They're delicious. Yeah. I don't know. I made that up. but Bleskas. A little Bleskas. You go to um, Greenpoint, you get a Bleska. <laughs> you posers. So we're walking home. It's probably three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a bar right before uh, that small park off of Jewel Street. Yeesh. Um, Come on, you guys are Brooklynites. What's off Jewel Street? Do you remember Jewel Street? Is it a Bleska Park? What, what's that park? That little park. There were no park. bagels, so I'd never... There used to be a park. bar on the corner right in front of that park. And uh, so we're walking by, and they had just closed. And so they had kicked everyone out onto the street. Yes, sir. But who was out on the street was just like 80 to 90-year-old men. Yeah. And there was two men yeah. who were having a fight. Um, and they and we were walking up and we were walking and it was the most amazing fight I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Because it was all happening like these men were decrepit, like days from dying. And they were so drunk. Yeah. And they were blasting Celine Dion at each other. <laughs> and they were only thirty seven years old. They live hard. <laughs> Colin lives hard. <laughs> And you watch them, one pushed the other. Okay. And then it was like push, and then it was like a step back. Yeah, step dunk, back. Dunk, it was dunk. very slow yeah. recovery. And then that one was like, just he started like going back like this, like a Popeye, like Popeye winding yeah. up for a, g- g- a g- fight. G- 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 yeah. And he, he just went like this, and then it was just slowly coming at the other one. And the other one just stood there and didn't do anything. <laughs> Respect. And it was just like, what's that? There's like, mmm, boom. And it knocked the guy's glasses off. And then, he, and then his glasses fell, and then he like very slowly picked his glasses up. Vodka, and baby. And as he's picking his glasses up, the guy who punched him just starts like escaping. <laughs> but the escape was like... <laughs> and then just starts yelling at him while yeah. he's down on the ground getting his glasses. Like, yeah. And he just starts going, no bread, no butter, anybody. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see what he's saying now. <laughs> Which in Polish means. No. <laughs> I see what he's saying. And I was like, what is this fight about? <laughs> 
It's about no breader, no bread, no butter, anybody. And then he just escaped, and they that guy did not chase him, and that was the and for the entire that entire trip, it was every day was just no no bread, bread. no butter, anybody. That's so funny. I'm surprised you didn't jump in. Have you ever jumped into somebody else's fight? No. I jumped into somebody else's fight. Okay, so I was in D.C., and I was in a cab, and I had just started dating my wife, and I wanted her to think that I was tough, because I am not. And but does, I thought I would be so brave. Doesn't this happen? Like, I feel like if, <laughs> if she many was like, don't ever pull that shit again. And when they're in new relationships, one of them's always like, I almost got in a fight. Yes. So I, we're, we're in D.C. and Adam Morgan. Anybody from D.C. or no? Give it up for Adam Morgan. It's here to Circle. So it's where all the young staffers are now. We're where all the young staffers hang out and I saw these two boys like literally fighting so hard and me decide I'm going to impress my wife, jump out of the cab. So I like leap out of the cab. Oh yeah. Well, you get out of the cab. Like, like, are you watching? And like grabbed this man by his underwear, which was not the point. I meant to grab his belt, but I got like, (laughs) so I ended up giving this full grown congressman like a wedgie. And then they looked at me like, we're going to fight you. And then I just ran back in the car and we got cookies. But Yay. she did think I was very brave. Yes, you were. She yes, was like, you were. But the guy here. <laughs> yes, you were. The, you have to jump in. You know, the guy who got the wedgie turned around like, what is going on? Who is this like sharp dressed lesbian? Yeah. And then the guy fighting him was like. Fuck, man. Anyway, you got it. If you have the chance to jump in somebody else's fight, yeah, jump in. All right, jump in. I honestly, I mean, like, I don't do that because I saw Stand by Me and I know how that guy died. It'll shock him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he got killed right at the end. It's got. We got five minutes left. Do you have a fight story? Oh yeah. All right. Like a fight, he got good legs. Oh, no, 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 I was funny when I was little. So, in eighth grade, I was five four, in ninth grade, I was six one. So, I in, in my eighth grade photo, I was in the front holding the sign that said Sacred Heart, like, like little bow tie. Like, and then, yeah, ninth grade, I'm like zits and tall, and just standing in the soccer photo, like, fuck you, I know everything. I can reach Quaker Oats off the top shelf. <laughs> so so I, I was in one fight, but then it had an aftershock. So I'll talk a little bit more about the aftershock. So there's, I'm from Reisterstown, Maryland. There's a thing called the Reisterstown Festival. Nobody's ever heard of it. They sell fart spray. That's probably the highlight. The Guess Who came one year, and they sung, and nobody enjoyed it. It's interesting that a band play, called the Guess Who... Because there was already the who. Yep. And they're like, now we're the guests who. And that's people right. are like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The yeah. Flying Beatles. Yeah. You're like, cool, they're good too. <laughs> uh, my guitar gently sobs. And so there are two brothers. Oh, shall I use their real name? Yeah. Use their name. You can always, you can always bleep it. You can always bleep it. Or Katie Levine, our beloved producer, just bleep their names. Their name were the. No, what? My best friend was this dude, Kyle. I love Kyle. He was a great guy. And we went to the festival. I'm in ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade, and maybe the summer between. And one of the brothers wanted to fight Kyle. Uh-huh. And I'm just along for the ride. I'm the funny guy. And so they get into a fist fight. Yeah. And then his brother comes right at me. Yeah. And we simultaneously punch each other in the neck. In the neck? 
Oh, and he was a uh, big guy. Uh, he was a uh, rotund man. And also, and no was one was aiming for the neck. Yeah. That was a child move. Yeah. Yeah, I was 5'4 the year before. That would have been a serious uppercut, but yeah. I was, you know, 5'11 then, so right to the neck. And then we both were stunned, and then we swung and hit each other again in the neck. No. So, double neck punch. And then uh, I was friends with all the Puerto Rican-American students in my high school. Uh, they had a little group of dudes that fought everybody, and the leader was this tall. His name was Noel Aponte, and he loved me, and he goes, I'm going to fuck them up. And they dumped trash cans over their heads and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> so that's the first part. The, okay, that's the, the first part. That's the fun part. The uh, now we're going to get to the sad part to end the show. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> nope. So, God. So, about about six months later, where it's like all that's, you know, we just haven't talked to each other since. Their fight got broken up. I got saved by Noel. And we're, I'm at a pool. So, I'm in a swimsuit. We're all playing volleyball. So, different vibe. And it was adult swim, so all the adults are swimming, and I'm playing volleyball, and then they blow the whistle for everybody can be back in the pool. And uh, Katie, block it out, are playing basketball. And so, boop, adult swim's over, so I punt the volleyball as high as you can punt a volleyball. I was a good soccer player, and I gave this thing a ride. And it went up over the trees, and the guy that I double neck punched, it came down and went and hit him directly in the face <laughs> while he was going for a rebound. So this guy was just going like this, and then threw the trees of volleyball hit him in the face, and then they turned and see me. And the true story is, I jumped in the water and just swam away from them. <laughs> For, that, for 45 minutes. That is the way you do it, yeah, folks. Right. That is bananas. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you to B Spear. Spear. Thank you to you, Brooklyn. Thank you, guys. And let's end this show with you guys saying bananas on three. One, two, three. Good night. Good night, guys. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstar. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.